1: Rides with influential women in sport. Voicemails from you, now it's in your court. Join in just to stalk raccoons. Do you like your Zwift caps and fear those loons? So unpad your bras and stop that hiding and find out what happens if we were riding.
0: Sarah, you were teaching me a warm up for the show
1: Woods. red leather, yellow leather, <laughs> red leather, yellow leather. I don't, is, That's what they always do in movies, like before they go on stage.
0: It's really hard. So before the show, when I was just setting up, my, I wasn't quite ready and Sarah was ready. So she started doing some warm up. Red leather, <laughs> yellow leather. You have to think. Red leather, <laughs> Yellow leather, red leather, yellow leather. Oh my gosh. That is a good warm up.
1: Yeah. Yeah, we're totally warmed up for the podcast now, We're pros
0: now. We're ready. It's going to be a good week.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we even have a run list. So watch out, people.
0: And speaking of being pros, we have an amazing voicemail. Hey, Jess here. I just wanted to say I love the baby stories and the dog stories and the random business lessons that come up uh, on If We are Riding. So um, if you're not thinking of anything triathlon-related to say... Uh, those things are just great, and keep it up. Okay, so Sarah, we have at least one fan who likes our, who yes. likes our animal stories, our baby stories, and our business advice. Um, oh, thank
1: you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't do anything about business, but I have one that – you know how they say you're never supposed to talk about your dreams because it's, you know, the most boring thing ever? I don't care. I'm going to take that dream thing and blow it up because I have a story – that combines both animals and babies. Wow. Um, okay. So I, I had a dream the other night where I gave birth to a, a penguin. Um, of an emperor, emperor penguin, emperor to, penguin. Of to be specific. It was not an ordinary penguin. This not was a, not this an ordinary penguin, penguin. Uh, but it was like full on nursing me and you know, for a while it was okay when it was little and fuzzy. But then his bill got really big, and I started carrying this penguin in my, like, in a backpack, and we were going to South Africa to race. Um, Uh I was trying to get through like customs with my penguin baby, and I was looking in the airport for like dried fish to give it because I was over the nursing the the baby penguin. Detailed,
0: like, oh yeah. (laughs) Even the fact that you remember it being like a fluffy baby and growing up and like yeah. feeding it appropriate things, too. Yeah.
1: Like. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I'm sorry for breaking that that rule that you're not supposed to talk about dreams. But I've been having a lot of weird, weird baby dreams, but this is the first one that incorporated a penguin. So do you have what is your interpretation of the dream? Uh, so I remember feeling really sad that this penguin had grown up so quickly. Oh. And that, uh, like, I didn't feel as though I was feeding it adequately because I had this panic that I wasn't going to get good enough airport food for it. Yeah. Because um, let's be honest, airport, airport food, food is hard. But then if you're Especially a penguin. For a penguin. You
0: yeah, because <laughs> you know, they don't really stock the shelves for the penguin babies.
1: <laughs> so I think it's just tapping into, like, my maternal anxiety about, yeah. you know, being a good provider for my baby who's growing up quickly or something wow
0: i love this story okay if anyone else has an interpretation for sarah of her dream we would love to hear it if anyone else would like to share their animal related dreams and or baby related dreams definitely send us a voicemail we want to hear it um and since you asked for it i am also going to give some business advice um after our first break Every day, there seems to be a new wellness trend like eat this, do this, avoid those scary things. And how do we know where to start and who to trust? Inside Tracker cuts through the noise by analyzing your blood, DNA, lifestyle, and fitness trackers. This provides you with a personalized, science based, trackable action plan on how to live, age, and perform better. Inside Tracker is simpler, cheaper, and more convenient than traditional blood tests. And includes tests that we need as athletes, but aren't traditionally included, like ferritin and vitamin D. My favorite part is that they don't just give you the data. They provide you with nutrition and lifestyle tips to take action. So for a limited time, Inside Tracker is offering our, if we were riding listeners, 25% off their entire store. So just go to InsideTracker.com forward slash riding. That's insidetracker.com forward slash writing, as in, if we were. Change is an inside job. Start inside. Hey, everyone. This is Dr. Lisa Ringafield, co-founder of the Outspoken Women in Triathlon Summit. We are really excited to announce that the Outspoken Summit will be returning in 2021. This year has created an opportunity for triathletes to get back in the blocks and start to rebuild triathlon to create a more inclusive and welcoming space for all. Join us from the 12th to the 14th of November, as we host a virtual summit to connect with like-minded women, center women's equity in the sport, hear from industry leaders and develop leadership skills related to our roles in triathlon. The summit will provide a rich forum to develop strong voices, inspire others and advocate for change in the sport we love. For more information and to sign up for the event, go to OutspokenSummit.com. We hope to see you there.
1: All right, Sarah, lay it on me. What's the business advice?
0: Okay, this is more of a conversation than advice, but I'm hoping folks will find it useful. Um, And I've been, I think that, and I'm assuming like people with, uh, people who are listening who have business degrees are probably going to be like, yeah, duh. Like this is a central point of of business. Um, But it's surprising to me. No, I shouldn't frame it that way what I think is one of the most important things to understand when you're doing business is like the value exchange in, in anything really like in either, like when you're doing business, you're creating, say you have a product, you're selling it. You need to understand how much that's going to be worth to people. they the value exchange is your product, their money. Right. Um, but then when you make partnerships or B2B relationships, you're trying to grow your business together with someone else, which is like a lot of what building a startup has been for me. Mm. Um, you, like you need to understand the value exchange, um, right? Sometimes, or and in order to do that, you actually need to listen to what the other party values, right? Because it's one thing to be like, "My thing is amazing," like <laughs> you need to value it, right? And another thing to hear what their amazing thing is and how they value it, and then you figure out whether there's a whether there's a match there, or whether you feel like there's an, a a value exchange of some kind that can work. I mean, it's it's kind of and this is where i get this is where i'm getting going to get a little bitchy it's kind of shocking to me sometimes how f- people few people really understand that
1: um, so the challenge is what happens when one party uh begins to overvalue their side of things and undervalue what you're doing
0: yeah i think that's the, those are that's why it's important to establish ahead of time like what you're what you're partnering on like and I think that I think that's what I'm saying is that a lot of people tend to like overvalue their thing and Mm. and undervalue what the other party's bringing to the table and that's what kind of um, shocks me a little bit um even like the way okay for example like people often ask me this is a question I often get like how did you get people to volunteer for your business because I have a lot of folks that like we know you know we don't pay you the big bucks around here like how do or anyone like at the beginning a lot of folks like we were in it to try to create something you know Mm -hmm. and then I recognized like it was my job to then figure out how to um how to essentially either pay them for their time or create a value exchange with those because you can't expect someone to work for free forever and people aren't going to work for doing social good forever for free either Right. what it is and so figuring out that and it does mean that there's there becomes a challenge because you realize that you have this like group of people that you're working with right none of them are getting return on their value right mm-hmm. on what they're giving and you have to first get to the point where you can return that and your business hasn't grown at all mm-hmm. does that right. make sense like you have yeah. this shelf you've built this shelf where you're like oh now I can pay my people but I can't actually grow anything because I have no, nothing, no money left to put in. Um, right. So th- depending on how big that shelf is, it's like hard to kind of get over that shelf. And I've found there's like been a few shelves as time goes on. Um, but even understanding like that value exchange of like, if someone is giving you like their time and their loyalty and their like, you better make damn sure you understand like why they're doing it hmm. and what do they need in return? Like, do they need money? Do they want to feel, um do they want to feel like they're part of something are you like like it, what is it and then how can you give them that back and how can you have in the best case scenario like how you have that open um conversation about what that about what that is like you're not sitting there guessing yeah. what it might be you have to have a an open conversation it's just like it's that has been like my whole journey with this is like figuring out who, and who i can communicate with on those things and then where it's a match
1: I I think you make a really interesting point that um, we just assume because we live in a capitalist society that it's always always a financial transaction. Mm-hmm. But there there people value different things. So yeah, for for some for some partnerships, it is just going to be coming down to money. But for others, they are, you know, it may be a more values driven relationship, there may be other motivating factors. And that's, I think that gets overlooked a lot of time, Mm -hmm. um, where people are are willing to do more, if it's fulfilling something for them. So Mm -hmm. that is something that is definitely overlooked in business, for sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's, that's a really interesting point. Because yeah, it's not always about the moolah totally and i sort of wish like if i could
0: give my you know my 15 year ago self <laughs> my 30 year old self 15 years ago um advice i'd be like to understand with this with especially with sponsorship um as a pro athlete i don't think i fully understood that value exchange piece yeah. and people would often say to me oh like you need to figure out what you have to what you have a value to to like." Give to your sponsors or to offer or create a proposal of some kind. Like, um, yeah, for sure. But, like, thinking of, like, you just said, like, thinking of the value proposition more broadly, like, maybe the sponsors want to be involved in, like, a women's cycling group. Right. You no, know? or maybe they, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, an Instagram following. Um, yeah. Which is, or the things that we tend to, like, fall into, like, that my value is X, like, a logo on my shirt and a hundred thousand followers on Instagram and boom, I'm good. You know, like, right. sure. you might be good at that point. Um, but there are other things you can do.
1: Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. It's, it's, it is hard because, um, unless there's constant communication and self-awareness, mm-hmm. you see relationships and business just, you know, they, they blow apart a little bit mm-hmm. where, the expectations of one party may change Mm -hmm. um, over time where you may have agreed that this is our value structure. This is what we want, but if it changes over time and there isn't that constant communication or the other party is just like, that is not what we agreed upon. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't adjust Mm -hmm. to feel fulfill the needs that you have mm-hmm. then you're kind of at an impasse right yeah like no, maybe so. maybe you could redefine your relationship but yeah it's it is really interesting mm-hmm. yeah so I how, think, uh, how do you manage
0: that sort of thing I mean you know I'm going through a, a fairly big one right now where like the the business I, we had created a business and a partnership and the business itself changed mm. um and I think Like we haven't come to full conclusion on it, but I feel like we're getting there. And Mm -hmm. the main thing for me was that like I had two calls with one on one with one of the one other person on their side of the business and just me. Um and that allowed me to and it was just by instinct. I was like, I feel like I should just do a one-on-one call with this person rather than this group calls where we're all discussing things and things are getting slightly heated. Mm -hmm. It's like (laughs) um and then and I was able to hear like what that person's side of the story was like I was able mm. to hear like I was able to to hear him say like this is how business has changed in, in and I, I don't even necessarily have to agree right. right it's like I understand your perspective on how this business changed and why you think that we need to renegotiate this agreement yeah. because like and it, it it doesn't require me to agree <laughs> in order to see someone else's side of the story right um and that's where I wish like sometimes I wish like that other folks like would because when you're dealing with someone who's not going to offer you that in return you know Mm -hmm. then you just have to work around that if you want to keep working with them or maybe you don't want to keep working with them um but uh yeah so that was for me it was more just like okay and that's like I guess where I was (laughs) coming from at the beginning like um just like listening and going okay like I don't totally agree with this but I, I understand why you see what you see
1: yeah well because because otherwise if there is the ability to reframe the relationship mm-hmm. you can't get there unless you understand where the other party's coming from yeah. for me it's honestly it's funny because it's like a no-brainer huh. it's because it's so, oh, but it but it's not it's so <laughs> working with other people is really yeah. complicated
0: but the idea that like my way of seeing things in the world is not not only not the only way, but not necessarily the best way on any given day or topic or item. It's like seems completely rational to me. Like the idea that I'm gonna have all the answers and get everything right is ridiculous, right?
1: No, I think <laughs> everything. I think everything you do is perfect. So yes, yes, that is the correct answer. I'm do... on your side. I don't know what the other party is, but if it comes to dark alley i'm on your side i've got your i've got your back sarah sarah is with me that's all i need in a very irrational way you know (laughs) i'm not gonna listen to what they have to say i don't care that's amazing
0: (laughs) well thank you for your support
1: yeah i appreciate
0: that i have no problem Um, Okay, I don't know if this is a bit of a... How do I make a transition to this? Ooh. Speaking of sponsorship and business... <laughs> okay,
1: are people asking you this? When are you going back to racing? No, so so, this is kind of a little different from what we have in the show notes, but we're okay. going to get to that point. Okay. Uh, yeah. I, I guess I didn't explain well, I'm going to tell a story first.
0: Okay. Tell us a story. We we like story time yes. with Sarah is, is my okay. favorite segment that we forgot about. So, let's so start
1: there. last week I was feeling good because, you know, I'm out in this gravel race thing and it's super fun and I would just have a big grin on my face and I'm just having a blast. And, you know, I'm, I'm passing this woman and she's riding next to me and she gives me this look. She's like, do you, do you mind if i ask you something and i'm like sure She's like are you pregnant this is a stranger i've never met yeah. this woman before Yeah. and i'm like i'm not i was pregnant uh you know up until like six weeks ago <laughs> uh but yeah i guess i kind of still look pregnant <laughs> Yeah. I, I know Cause that's normal. That happens. That's how yeah. we So, stuff. okay. So like, you know, I have a little bit of a pooch, uh, you know, my stomach is not totally flat right now. Like, but it just, it, I was so taken aback where, and just the tone of it was, it was just such a weird, weird thing to me where I've realized that it just, it got me, it got me in my head a little bit where at first, like it was five minutes where I'm like how do I feel about this yeah and I'm like you know what the the messages that I get like the social messages that I get right now are that I should be embarrassed that I should be embarrassed and feeling self-conscious that Mm -hmm. some stranger asked me if I'm if I'm pregnant when I'm not anymore Mm -hmm. and like he and I'm like you know what I'm feeling good like I don't care what she thinks. I don't care what the expectations are. Like I'm having a blast. I'm just going to let it go. Uh, But it was, it was such an interesting thing to me where there was this period, you know, of time, like third trimester, you know, any, any woman who has gone through pregnancy, like people are just so psyched about your, your bump. Like Mm -hmm. they, you know, it's, it's a weird. But then the second you deliver the child, like there is no patience for your postpartum body. Yeah. Like no patience for it.
0: Yeah. Like, not only w-
1: with ourselves, but with other people. Yeah. Where, you know, it's, it's, it's 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 such a fascinating thing to me where like we expect everything to go back to normal super quickly. And, you know, you started off asking about when I'm going to go back to race. And I'm like, well, when like, I stop leaking a little bit when I run, <laughs> then like, I could think about running harder, but right now, like things aren't totally healed up. Uh, you know, I, I feel good, but I just, I'm, I need to be patient and let my body get back to normal. Yeah. Um, before I think about training hard. Like I can be active right now and I'm really happy about it, but I can't go hard because I'm a little leaky. <laughs> okay. So in an effort
0: to take my own advice on the yeah. previous segment, right? Did, did you, uh, did you come to understand? Like I, my brain is like, why was she, what was that? Why was that woman asking you if you were pregnant and was she like, what, where was she coming from? Like, did you find out?
1: So, so I, I asked her, uh you know if if there's anything she's interested in about you know as a like a pregnant athlete because maybe I can answer some questions like if she was and, like
0: you know she you know she might be six weeks herself and not be showing and then she wants to know like or something so you
1: know she was not pregnant but she was curious about uh how soon after I could ride my bike uh-huh. um but it, yeah so I tried I tried to understand in like the five minutes that we had an exchange, um, without, you know, in an open-minded way without being insulted, like checking my ego for a second Mm -hmm. and just trying to find out. Cause obviously like normally we don't talk to strangers about their bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, but I was curious, I was curious what, what, why she asked. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I think the part for me, um, of pregnancy, the part that I was least prepared for was the postpartum. Mm. Um, and I think that we focus so much, and I don't know, like, we, whatever, like, culturally, somehow, I hadn't taken in the idea that I was going to need to prepare myself with information for besides taking care of the baby, which I felt prepared for, right. I didn't feel necessarily prepared to understand what my own body was going to do um and how like you know you're you're shifting down hormones you're like you don't i didn't know what i was going to look like like you said like Mm -hmm. i this is funny (laughs) this is me i don't know if this is better or worse than like but one of two days maybe after rosie was born one of clint's family members her dad's family members looked at me and said is
1: there another one in there Oh my word.
0: Yeah. And he didn't, he was trying to be funny. Yeah, And <laughs> I was like, uh, um, but I can't, in a way, like I can't really blame him for not knowing what I was going to look like because I think right. weirdly we have this expectation that like the baby comes out and you like shrink back to your normal body yeah. or whatever. Yeah, And so like, yeah. I was like, even I didn't, I didn't think I was going to go back to my normal body right away, but like, you know even i was surprised to like how much i had to heal how long it took like i i don't feel like i had a lot of education and information on that
1: yeah well i i expected it for a little bit but like you know right now i'm you know a few kilos over where i would be normally and a lot of that is like the lower belly region mm-hmm. so And it just, it is what it is. And you just have to be patient, but Mm -hmm. we just, we just culturally, we don't have that built in where you're supposed to be patient. It's like, Mm -hmm. you know, these unrealistic, you see the, the few, there are a few athletes where they look like they have a six pack, like two months after they give birth or, you know, the celebrities that are doing like poolside photo shoots and they look exactly the same you know mm-hmm. only weeks after and I think that just we don't we don't allow ourselves yeah
0: because time times, if you don't look like that don't do poolside photo shoots yeah right right, right? or don't yeah. like you know I think um like you just to your point like of going to a gravel race going at your whatever your pace is now finishing wherever you finished. like I don't yeah. even know what that 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 was but I know that it wasn't winning iron man
1: <laughs> right <laughs> you know? right no and i was participating you were participating
0: yeah like it didn't matter like it's part of our yeah. conversation it didn't matter didn't yeah. feel like it mattered like i was like did you win like that's, right. that's not part of the conversation um but we do know athletes who have like who have come back super quick yeah right like i can think of a couple in particular like three months later, literally on winning form. And I don't know how they do it. That's great. Um, But I it it also needs to be great. Those of us who, um, who don't, you know, who don't come back that fast, you know, who choose a bit of a, I don't know what you'd say.
1: Maybe our bodies won't even do that. Who knows? Like, yeah, well, I had one of my friends told me just straight up, don't even think about racing for the first six months after. Um, and she's a fellow pro, like, you know, multiple world champion, like mm-hmm. has a couple of kids. Like she's been through it. Mm-hmm. She's like, don't even think about it because yeah. you might, you might be fine. You might be fine overall. Like your body may be totally resilient. Mm-hmm. You might be able to get in like a few months where things are going well, but then you get, you know, the stress fractures or other issues pop up or like SI joint or whatever the case might be like it's hard you know it's hard to anticipate but overall you just have to let yourself kind of gradually get back mm-hmm. um but yeah there are those there are those people out there who you know good on them like racing three months later two months ra- later and they there's no ill effect um mm-hmm
0: it wasn't me I I feel like I went back a little too early I didn't pay any major consequences like I didn't um I didn't get injured you know I have heard I do know other folks who went back too quickly and and like you said had like especially pelvic area problems and fractures um I didn't have that luckily so but I did go to six months after Rosie was born I went to Ironman Brazil Mm -hmm. um and the challenge I had like so I had you know I had uh pumped quite a lot like all along and then and so like she was and she was on a bottle so i was still essentially breastfeeding um but i um i didn't like i went to the race and i didn't sleep the night before the race like i think that my body did have had a bit of a stress response to being away from her oh interesting yeah and i didn't um so like i know that we normally don't sleep well the night before race but i didn't sleep at all which I had never done before, yeah, and and I was out on the bike, like, and I wasn't really, like, I was fit enough to do Ironman, but I wasn't going to be winning any races, mm-hmm. you know. And yeah. on the bike, I started to feel like, oh, I think this is like kind of dangerous. Like, I just like mentally, um, I, it's like the, the cyclist version of the twisties or <laughs> whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> whatever. <That's> um, <laughs> it's like where I just felt like, oh, I don't think
1: I don't feel like I should be on the road, so I just stopped. Um, do you, so it's, it how much of that was, uh, I would guess, I mean, it's all speculation. That's a hormonal response, right? Like if, yeah, if you were feeling acutely that you were missing her, you know, like in a very physical way. Yeah. And then, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Like, I think there's a certain amount of stress that comes with like travel and racing
0: anyway. Um, and then I think it just like, there was like an extra stress like psychological stress of some kind of just like i wasn't thinking i wasn't thinking oh i'm missing her i'm missing her i was just like yeah "Mm." like kind of like alert i'm alert like my body went into alert mode because i was away from my baby um and so
1: yeah but that tells me, like, there's, there's something happening with your body. Like, your body misses her, not your brain, even. Correct.
0: Yeah. Huh. Yeah. And then, so that was, like, six months. It was, like, May. She was born in November. That was May. And then in, um, by August, so not that long. That, so then she was nine months. Um, in August, I went to Ironman Canada. And, like, yeah. I said, sort I of had learned my last son. I was, like, you know what? Go to Ironman Canada. I'll be near your home. It was uh, in Penticton still. Like, I'm at home. I can bring her with me. Well, and I, and then I had a great race so yeah um it was just it was just like a lesson I had to learn
1: yeah yeah well and, and you know just I think that's that's the case for everybody it just ends up being probably a little bit longer than you expect um mm-hmm. to feel a hundred percent but just giving yourself that time I was I also did.
0: remember being frustrated by Um, you know, I I had thought about the process of pregnancy as this nine month process of of baking a baby kind of thing. Yeah. (laughs) And had, like I said, like I hadn't given any thought for the recovery process. And so like, I think it was like sort of three, four weeks after she was born, I started to feel like, oh, like I really was ready to go back to doing some more intense exercise and I couldn't. Um, And I think mentally I had, I had thought I was going to be able to sort of start to ramp it up. And I,
1: and I couldn't yet. Um, so yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I think back a, a few months when I'm like ago I'm like, oh yeah by the time you know I'm 6 weeks out then I could start doing, you know, more running and I'm going to be able to get x hours of training in and then you realize that you just have to throw all that out the window mm-hmm. because I've realized that okay a lot of the time my limiter is not my body it's time right now Mm -hmm. uh you know because i you know i'm breastfeeding so i want to be near the baby and you know trying to get somebody who's willing to hang out with him or i plan to be on the trainer in the basement and he only naps you know 30 minutes instead of longer so all of a sudden that's you know that's a 30 minute session instead of what i had been hoping to do so it's just that's the big limiter for me um I I think well I I don't know because I'm I'm taking everything pretty slowly but it is it was very naive uh where I thought I would be at this point Mm. and just how unrealistic it was yeah for sure yeah
0: yeah okay so we're we're providing the equal and opposite balance to the folks that we see on on Instagram winning races three months later (laughs)
1: i mean what's crazy is we don't even talk about like once you get back and you're healthy uh do you know who faith kip is no like one of the best 1500 meter runners gold medalists like just total champ so she's this little tiny uh kenyan woman who total boss on the track mm-hmm. she had a baby a few years ago and um like her stomach is, is very, it was very stretched out. Like there's a lot of loose skin. Mm-hmm. And here she is, one of the greatest runners in the world. And even I, as like a, a you know, woman, female athlete, I can't help but look at it. And even there's the, the moment of judgment of why is she wearing, why isn't that covered? Like the so that that's a whole nother level of our our bodies show the marks Mm -hmm. of the process of childbirth. And here is this absolute badass athlete. And here I like I can't even imagine what somebody who is less, you know, compassionate would say. Mm -hmm. But like the fact that it goes through my mind, like and I you know, oh yeah. Just why why are we so hard on women after they give yeah. birth like here's this woman that i admire so much and like even i'm thinking whoa you know the the, the that, that's a lot of stretchy skin like come on yeah. Faith. i'm like no why am i not just in all of her performance instead of yeah. noticing that yeah. yeah
0: it's so important that we oh. normalize those things right totally
1: that's Totally. Clear.
0: it's like how can i be part of normalizing like I loved um slightly different topic but um how a lot of the women who went gray during COVID like oh yeah they couldn't go to the salon so they let like there was a big movement right around Mm -hmm. like letting the gray hair grow out and then keeping it and and a lot of folks have kept it I like loved that because it's like it's it's one of those things once something is normal in our culture like it's normal to dye your hair when you're 50 or 40 right then like if you let it go naturally you look old like there's a personal price to pay right mm-hmm. it's the same like it's sort of like what you're saying like if you're the first person to normalize something in the first the first time someone's seen some saggy belly skin on an athlete um, right. everyone's gonna look at it and judge it right whereas if we like normalize that stuff we're just like oh they're a mom totally <laughs> mom. totally you know like,
1: um, badass mom awesome yeah totally well no i think i think there absolutely is a parallel because we we have no compassion when it comes to aging bodies Mm -hmm. um you know we have no compassion when it comes to like it's if it's not young and tight in this society like we're not very kind and we're we're starting to normalize you know the other 99.9 percent of us who like you know, aren't perfect, (laughs) but we have such a long way to go. Yeah. And it's always harder on women, right? It's always harder. Yeah. But I I think it, it does, it does start with ourselves. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of like what went through my mind where I realized in that moment when that woman asked me if I was pregnant, like I had to be okay with it. And I had to not let it bother me Mm and just love what my body was doing in that moment and that was i was riding a bike and it was making me happy Mm -hmm. um and i didn't give two craps what i looked like yeah (laughs) but it
0: obviously stayed with you right which is the same thing as the comment from clint's relative is like Mm. i didn't really care that much but all these like rosie's 10 years old now and like these years later i don't remember hardly anything else that's That room after Rosie was born, but I do remember that. So it mm. obviously affected me, and it clearly affected you a little bit too.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's okay because I, I think I beat her. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you were just there have fun. I just you were being That's
0: comment, and then you're like.
1: Like, my dust. <laughs> 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 I don't actually know. I think so but I am not I don't know
0: <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> okay once an athlete always an athlete really Sarah. oh for sure for sure yeah. okay let's take a little break and then we're gonna have a new segment called Sarah Asks for Advice
1: If We Were Riding is a feisty podcast. Remember to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at If We Were Riding. And we love hearing from our feisty friends. So please send us a voicemail at Sarah at That's Sarah without an H. Right. So just grab your phone, record an audio file, and email it to me.
0: And we will love it and love you forever. And our regular listeners will know that If We Were Riding and All Things Feisty is
1: proudly partnered with
0: Orca Sportswear.
1: For 15% off all items on orca.com, please use the code livefeisty15. And
0: that includes the wetsuits. So good deals all around.
1: Okay. So so I have a piece of advice I would like from our listeners because this is in theory, a triathlon podcast, so hopefully I can get some pointers.
0: We have mentioned biking so far,
1: so we're, we're good. Yeah, excellent. Oh, and you mentioned Ironman. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, 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 check, good. check. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm finding the hardest of the three sports to carve out time for, and I realize if you, for most of you, you have jobs, you have other things going on, so you're like, yeah, This stuff is super normal, like time constraints. How have you not had those before? Well, let me tell you, full-time athlete, I basically had all day before. I no longer have that. Mm So the the sport of the three that I'm finding the hardest to find time for is swimming. Because Mm -hmm. like I can do, you know, I can ride on the trainer if I have to. I can run with the stroller if I have to. You know, or like weird times of day. But swimming, you know, there's certain times that the pool's open. It is not very time efficient. So, like by the time I get, an hour swim becomes, you know, almost a two hour commitment with driving to the pool, getting changed, all those things. And I'm like, okay, minute for minute, if I only have like a couple of hours of exercise time, mm-hmm. I want to run or bike because I can use up the full time. So my my advice that I'm looking for is how to maximize that time. Like what, how do other busy people swim? I know that sounds like such a, a rudimentary question, but I am curious how other people with time constraints get in the time to swim and bike and run, but like the swim part, considering how consuming of time it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. People
0: Can, yeah. So I'm not, I'm not going to be good on the time constraints thing because I was like a full-time athlete and then I wasn't um I was <laughs> just focused on something else but um I'm just thinking about being a new mom and going swimming yeah. so like presumably and I've seen I know this cuz I've I saw a video of you on Instagram like with the baby beside the trainer for example so mm-hmm. you're like you know part of it is that you can like tend to child if needed during yes. like you're on right. the bike trainer you can um, I, I'm wondering if there's a way to like see the swimming time, or are you able to like see that swimming time as part of like of having him with you too, like so part of your time with him, so you can like, can you are you able to leave him at the edge of the pool in in his bucket? Um,
1: so I don't know if they'll let me. Like, will people call like child services if I bring the baby to the pool and just leave him like on the bleachers?
0: you should well maybe not in the bleachers like, like
1: maybe,
0: like, maybe like, like don't leave him in the change room or something. Like, in the hot tub he can have a little have a little hot tub time
1: I mean I I honestly don't know how people would respond to him. like I have the bouncy chair and he's at the ends of the lane like cheering yeah, Leon like, on he's pool
0: and he's like right at the end of the lane that you're in like (laughs) so you can see him at all times (laughs)
1: but i i don't know i'm curious did you do that yeah i did that
0: you should ask um okay i I did have i had like at one pool i learned that i was able to do that and the lifeguards knew me and then they would like obviously keep an eye on her or like as well so they would kind of help with that situation um and i had the complete opposite situation at another pool where um i had gift this (laughs) year I had, it was a group session um, and there was a coach on deck. Okay. And Rosie was like in the bucket right at the end of the lane that I was in. Um, What do you mean by a bucket? You know, like the, you know, like the car seat that you can like take out. Oh,
1: okay. I'm like, I'm imagining her in a bucket.
0: Literally in a bucket. What do
1: you guys do up there in Canada?
0: Just like like stick her in a bucket with some sand. (laughs) You're good. Um, (laughs) Like the car seat. Carrier that's Okay, carrier app and so yeah so she was there in that thing and there was a coach on deck and the coach on deck was like like I knew him he was like he was at the same end of the pool as she was Mm -hmm. at the very end of my lane like I could literally touch her when I came to the wall right and we're doing a group swim so like every hundred or whatever I'm stopping we're not doing like we're not doing 1500 meter intervals (laughs) right and someone, one of the pool officials, like someone came out from the back office and was like, whose baby is this? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's my baby. <laughs> yeah, and he's, like, and he's like, you can't have your baby here. Like this is how, honestly, like it's just not very motherhood centric mm. <laughs> in terms of this. Like I'm like, and I'm like, why? Oh, well, someone might steal her. What, that was that's the like, reason? You could see him, he could seem like he thought about it for a little while. And it was obviously like, he just, he came out and told and then he was gonna double down and stick to his rule, like that maybe it was a policy, maybe he just made it up. I don't know. But he was gonna he had decided and he was not gonna let me keep my kid there. And I was like, I got a little bit feisty with him. I was like, yeah. really? Someone's gonna steal him. I'm like, Dan is watching him. I have like there's like five people in this lane who all know that's my baby. Like they're not gonna let someone walk away. Like, how is someone gonna steal my baby from the <laughs> like and he and he's like it's not safe, you can't and I was like, what? Um, anyway, so that was like the equal and opposite experience that I had. Yeah. In different... Interesting. Okay. All right. So don't let anyone steal your baby. Don't leave him in the bleachers. But it is worth asking because the other. Don't people... get a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> don't put them in an actual bucket. <laughs> Take none of my advice. Basically, this is you asking for <laughs> advice and me just telling a bunch, saying a bunch of random shit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but... mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Well, I think it's, it's worth, it's definitely worth uh, checking. Yeah. With, with the pool manager to see. Or
0: maybe our, our, um, maybe
1: our listeners will have some better time. Yeah. Too. Yeah. Cause it may be, it may be something that I'm not thinking of, but they're like, well, clearly you need to go swim at 5.00 AM when the baby's still sleeping. Oh yeah. That's a good one no that's a terrible one because I like to sleep
0: (laughs) right okay that's not a good one I take it back
1: no I'm I'm sure I'm sure that I can wrap my head around it
0: yeah yeah um the other thing I think is like you are likely a good enough swimmer to like be able to pick it up again even if you don't go for a couple months um and so Mm. Yeah. I, so I think to pick it up pretty quickly. So I'm thinking like if you do end up with another race goal in your sights yeah. in the next little bit, then then you'll have a, that little extra motivation, which
1: will actually force you to figure it out. Well, I'm what I'm finding I'm doing is just like I barely am at the wall. <laughs> like any time that I used to spend at the wall before, like between <laughs> intervals, um, I'm just kind of constant swimming and it's more like, um, like a fart lick than anything else. So I'm adjusting my sessions where I'm like, I am going to get every second of pool time is going to be maximized. Oh,
0: I see. Yeah. 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 So you're like pounding at like 3k in 45 minutes. So
1: like getting out of there kind of thing. Exactly. Exactly. So <laughs> I think that might just be my strategy. Right. I am not strategy. going to do a lot in terms of time. But it's just going to only be hard, right? <laughs> well, you know, I'm not something hard right now, but I'm predicting maybe if I hard get it in desperate. relative terms. Yeah. exactly. <laughs> awesome. No side stroke, <laughs> which you would normally do. Oh, always, you You're know, and stroking up and down the pool. Yeah, totally. Totally. I haven't done side strokes since I was probably seven. <laughs> I don't know that I could do it anymore, actually. I'm not sure I can either
0: what about well, element
1: like, elementary backstroke Elementary backstroke that's what i was gonna say <laughs> we learn these things like are those are those like that like are those like the strokes that didn't make it like they're like the right strokes like, like so in like, 1912 <laughs> olympics they had the elementary backstroke and they're <laughs> like yeah that was kind of a dud <laughs> yeah they were nobody came to watch so they were yeah. like next year we're cutting
0: out the elementary backstroke <laughs> we'll keep the breaststroke and the fly like, <laughs> It's <laughs> <That's> really funny.
1: <laughs> the side stroke. I not know. I feel like I could have been a side stroke world. Yeah, I don't know. Like there's that one year where somebody just they they switch sides and like they got disqualified as a whole thing. It was a whole. <laughs> <laughs> right. On that note uh thank you for listening to another very strange podcast of if you're writing where we incorporate all the best of everything that is only marginally triathlon related my none of you people can tell me to stop my town my crown we know what it takes to be reaching the top we're reaching the top we're reaching the top we know what it takes to be reaching the top